1: the gates and ready to go hot mic with hudden with row underway on this friday edition sixth and peabody our location with yeehaw beer and old smoky moonshine and you glad you're with us across the outkick network that includes our youtube channel you can search out outkick subscribe while you're there join chad in the chat as we get you to the weekend over the next three hours john mcclain talks all things nfl headlines leading off with the washington commanders new ownership And the unanimous vote that took place paired with the fine and the Mary Jo White investigation details. And then on top of that, the idea that the commanders could change their name again. John joins us in 20 minutes. Jonathan Isaac, NBA forward for the Orlando Magic. He'll be in studio with us coming up in a little over an hour, about an hour and 20 minutes from now. And uh, of course, uh, he is the player that is known for standing. I know it's a crazy concept standing for the anthem during the bubble during 2020 and standing with his magic jersey on while everyone had the black lives matter t-shirt over the uniform and they took a knee we'll have him in studio for a, a new endeavor he's the ceo of for a brand initiative and what is behind all of that plus guns the gun show In hour number three. Chad, good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon, Hutton. That controversial decision to stand for the anthem. We'll we'll get into that coming up a little bit later. It it ties in with some headlines today, too. Look, we made it. It, It's Friday. We are here. Once again, we were doubted throughout the week. We were just like the Georgia Bulldogs of the last three years, just doubted. Mm -hmm. People thought we were only going to be 7-5. and No one believed. And what they did was they conquered all and won back-to-back national titles. We are treating today's show like our national championship game. We've made it to the end. The journey has been long and arduous this SEC Media Days week. But here we are on Friday. We're not standing, but we are sitting upright in our seats, ready for this show. It will be championship-level effort put forth on Hot Mike today.
1: This I promise. Got some championship games that are held on ESPN and ABC. And uh, maybe the NFL or NBA will be... Part owner of that. Uh, That's where we lead off with our scorched earth headlines today on this Friday. So ESPN, this through CNBC today, ESPN has held early talks about strategic partnerships with the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball that could include the leagues taking an equity stake in the business. Uh, This, of course, is through uh, the reports that Bob Iger is open to the idea of selling a part of ownership stake from ESPN to an outside investor. And, you know, he's, he's long talked about a strategic partner for the four-letter network. And CNBC goes on, striking a deal directly with the leagues would be unprecedented, but would give ESPN a safety net that it would receive premium content from the leagues. That from CNBC. Chad, you've alluded to this type of idea. The... I mean, the NBA is all over ESPN. Yep. The NFL owns all of the networks based on rules and what you can and can't do or can and can't show and when you can show highlights, when you can't, how you cover the league, how you don't, credentials, all of it. Major League Baseball is interesting here based on the TV situation that they're in with half the league currently. And they're talking to the major sports about owning their cable network right now in a digital era.
2: Yeah. And it was a question. I I have no inside knowledge, obviously I just follow stories like this. And I thought, Hey, it would be interesting to see if a pro sports league decided to have some level of financial interest involvement in ESPN. If Disney's willing to spin it off and sell at least part of it to someone else, you're right. Hutton, the NFL probably doesn't need it based on their revenue right now and the influence they already have over all media networks. And I don't know if it's as much as any league needing it, per se, as much as which league could look at this as a sound investment and a new way for new revenue streams. And the answer of who it should be is Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is at a breaking point right now of local media rights for their games. And I'm talking about team games. If ESPN Plus ever wanted to truly revamp, imagine a partial equity ownership In ESPN for Major League Baseball, that included a way for both ESPN and Major League Baseball to make a crap ton of money on carrying games through ESPN Plus in some way, with teams in local markets that way, and selling subscriptions that way. And Major League Baseball utilizing ESPN's resources and decades of experience broadcasting games to help create almost a new company that is owned by Major League Baseball and ESPN. That's a fascinating concept to me that could work. But it's going to be someone that's going to have ownership in, in ESPN. I mean, it's it's very clear. Bob Iger is in talks. He's CEO of Disney, of Disney to sell off to someone. So who will it be? Who makes the most sense?
1: Well, and just from the NFL standpoint, why would the NFL be interested it was about a year ago where the discussion was had and it was made known. They're looking for a strategic media partner to join in and grab a stake of NFL Network, of Red Zone, and of NFL.com. So could that also be the, the branch or the bridge that allows them to join forces with ESPN and everything that's going digital with ESPN Plus? It's It's fascinating. And with Disney owning 80% of ESPN, it would come out of that 80% that they would be partnered with either the NFL, Major League Baseball, or NBA. It doesn't necessarily have to be with any of these leagues, but the fact that they've started talks down this path shows you the initiative from the Disney perspective of who they want to be with, and it's the top, it's the very top of... What we're seeing in sports across the country. But in
2: looking at pro sports leagues, and again, the report says NFL, NBA have already had discussions with ESPN about this. I would look less at who needs this, for instance, with in regards to the NFL. The NFL doesn't need it. I would ask the question, two questions. Who wants it? Who could use it the best? Yeah. And to me, Major League Baseball would make a lot of and, sense. And CNBC and is saying...
1: NBA would make a lot of sense with who wants it. And just to clarify, CNBC has added to their report. They're, they're also throwing in Major League Baseball okay. that already started talks. So that's, that's smart on I their part. I think
2: Major League Baseball is the one that combines the answer to both those questions the best of who, who could use it best and who needs it, who needs that outlet. I think Major League
1: Baseball would be a great fit. Chad, uh, who needs Dalvin Cook? Who would Dalvin Cook help the most? The New England Patriots make a ton of sense. If they didn't want to jump to the level of incentives for what we saw DeAndre Hopkins receive in free agency from the Tennessee Titans, which wasn't much based on the expectation for the 31-year-old year wide receiver who's put up several 1,000-yard uh, seasons and. It certainly knows how to find the end zone. If you're not willing to go to that level for Hopkins, isn't there, there there should be a push from the Patriots to make a move for Cook based on their need of running back and how their offense runs and knowing how Bill O'Brien runs an offense. There should be a
2: desire from the Patriots side. I'll say this though about Dalvin Cook. Miami makes sense because it's where he's from and I think they're going to be pretty good. Is anyone not picking the Patriots to finish last in the AFC East? I think it are going to be hard-pressed to find people who don't have them in the cellar when you look at Bills, Jets, Dolphins within that division. So you may be signing up for more money, and hey, money talks. But if you're Dalvin Cook, if that's the answer, then you're saying, I'm taking the money. Because you're signing up to play for a team likely to finish last. I understand that preseason predictions aren't gospel. It's not what's definitely yeah. going to happen. But I don't think you're going to find many NFL pundits that are going to have the Patriots anywhere but dead last in the AFC East. And for that reason, I think Dalvin Cook is signing up to be on a pretty mediocre to not great to bad
1: team. But he's he reports are he wants upwards of $10 million for a one-year or multi-year deal. He's not going to find that. But what he's also wanting is more than whatever the Vikings offered him in that pay cut. And especially now, if he were to take – a low ball offer and end up on a team that uh, and more power to him that has a chance to win a title. What does that mean for the upper crust of the running back position and the whole argument being made right now across the league that they shouldn't be forced into a corner and thrown down the pecking order of, of payment of overall status for how they're used versus what they make and the top guys in the league are handcuffed on uh, the franchise tag for 2 years. If he were to take a low ball offer, he's criticized behind closed doors by his own players association.
2: Yeah, he, he's in a tough spot. He rubber stamps the whole concept of the devaluation of the running back position he helps to, to rubber stamp that if he does it. And he will take heat for it.
1: Chad, I thought the whole beef with Draymond Green and Jordan Poole had concluded. And I, I don't, the perception was it concluded whenever Draymond admitted that the punch that everyone was talking about um, it, right going into the fall of last season, that it, it Draymond admitted it really impacted how the Warriors gelled or lack thereof during the regular season. And then... He's discussing it with Patrick Beverly, and it turns into a quarrel on social media with Jordan Poole's father. Here's Draymond Green on the Patrick Beverly podcast.
3: I don't just hit people. Dialogue, of course, happens over time. And you, you usually ain't just triggered by something like that fast, you know, right. to that degree. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a team, you know what I'm saying? Like, ain't nobody on my team triggering me, you know, in, a, in an instant. You know, we know stuff that you don't say amongst men. You know what I'm saying? We, we, you know, we know, you know things that you have to stand on. I don't just hit people. Dialogue.
1: Which, which makes sense, right? Like that, that punch in practice, that had been building. That doesn't just yeah. happen randomly. And that's the point he want to get across. It makes sense. But here's Anthony Poole responding to that video on Twitter. I stand on this. That is some BS. JP was his guy, and he avoided me all last year. He is, he is a soft blank blank, <laughs> and I'm standing on this. He didn't apologize to me and my wife. He's lame. Me and him can meet anytime he want. That is Anthony Poole, Jordan Poole's father. Draymond then responds, that's so cute, it's impossible to avoid you in an arena for a year, champ. Great opener, too, with that's so cute. Dot, I, dot, dot. I... I got to get to my family from the family room every game. Stop using those words. They usually don't go over well amongst men. So now does Draymond want to fight uh, Anthony Poole? I think he's saying he will fight him if, if that's what Anthony really wants. He knows where to find him, that he'll gladly do that. I, I immediately think of, can you imagine like if you had, you know, 10 years from now you have a son in the NBA or something, and you have an NBA player saying hey watch what you're saying on social because uh, that doesn't go well uh with with men like if i see you amongst men we're, we're going to have uh we're going to have words maybe you know throw some hands
2: hutton if i had a son in the nba and i provoked an nba superstar been into a twitter war uh, i would delete my account <laughs> on twitter immediately if i was uh jordan Poole's dad if i caused a stir like that that's how i would handle it I do think this is over with them, but it's just going to keep coming back up if he's asked about it and answers about it. I mean, he went on a podcast with a guy known for being an absolute pest in the NBA. So the understanding is he's probably going to ask about the time you punched a teammate and got suspended and and fined for it. But he didn't take a shot at Jordan Bull. He's
1: just saying, like, he didn't say what happened leading up to that. No, I didn't
2: think it was that bad. But of course there's going to be bad blood. I mean, you got laid out on camera for the world to see And the Warriors got rid of pool, not and Draymond. Something was so bad about what was being said or what was happening that Draymond Green is saying, I just don't punch someone just to punch them. And I'll say, he, he's, he is an irritant and a pest. We haven't seen Draymond Green walk up to a lot of NBA players in a game and rivals and just punch them. We've seen so him I, I, I do buy that, yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah, you know, c- cover your privates around him with a foot coming that way. I mean, that that might happen. But he doesn't just punch people just to punch them. So, yeah, of course there was some buildup in something that happened before. I'd like to know what exactly led to that or if it was just – there's a lot, like even in the article discussing this, oh, there were other people who were saying that Poole was maybe getting a little too big for his britches because the contract talks and he was annoying and irritating. And I think of this story in the book live from Saturday – live from New York. And it's the oral history of Saturday Night Live. And in season two, after Chevy Chase left the show after one year, he annoyed everyone on the show. And he was very arrogant when he came back to host about being the star who made it out. And Bill Murray was new to the cast in season two. And there is this infamous story of during the week leading up to Saturday Night Live with Chevy Chase hosting, Bill Murray punched Chevy Chase during an argument and how that endeared him to all the castmates at that point because he was the new guy getting picked on, and he punched Chevy Chase, and Chevy Chase annoyed all of them. I wonder if there's a little Chevy Chase Bill Murray with Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. Um, I wouldn't have immediately thought that based on the reaction from Steve Kerr
1: and the team, yeah. but maybe there was a little bit of that type of animosity between those two. Well, And they tried to keep it under wraps. Remember, they were more concerned about how the video got out at the yep. time. Than anything else. I would be too. And uh, the Bill Murray fight with Chevy Chase, that's. Uh, why didn't that happen at Northwestern? <laughs> yeah. Northwestern, Bill Murray from Chicago, by the way. Why
2: didn't close that happen? by, there? they needed to recruit a Bill Murray type that would have punched someone for putting genitals on them. Then you wouldn't have had this problem.
1: The victory lap that
2: the I end- love Danny Staples' thing about, you know, maybe that's why they sucked <laughs> all these years. You know, maybe that had something to do yeah, with Yeah, but it, it doesn't explain 2018. Yeah, they did win the... Coach uh, of the year. They did win the Big Ten West. Coach of the year. 2020. He got the extension based off winning the Big Ten West. Yeah. Very recently. Now, that was the COVID year. A lot of wild things happened in the COVID year. They
1: they won, though. But they won. Coming up, John McClain. We dive into the commanders, the sale that is official, the victory lap being... uh, That's still ongoing, I'm sure, amongst NFL owners. Concessions that were made to approve Josh Harris. And... Are we about to see yet another name change for the Washington franchise? Commanders no longer? That's where we lead off, plus we talk Saquon Barkley and more. Next on Hot Mike with Hutton & Withrow. 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton & Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Coming up, Jonathan Isaac will join us. Orlando Magic Forward in studio in an hour from now. Plus, Mike Gunselman, the gun show from OutKick.com. Always brings the energy. That will be uh, in hour number three to get you to your weekend. Right now, we say hello to John McClain, the general. The man uh, who is a Pro Football Hall of Famer and a Pro Football Hall of Fame selector. John, good to see you. Hope things are well.
3: Everything's great with me, guys. Great times. We get ready to... Roach training camp. I think it's my 47th. Every year I feel like a kid on the first day of school and after the first day like I used to go to school look around see who's in the class then I couldn't wait for summer vacation and I'm all fired up for camp and once I spend about three three hours in the Houston sun I and mean, I'll be ready for vacation <laughs>
2: Well, that was fun, guys. We'll see you guys again next next July. See you week one. See you later.
3: I want to go back to my house in uh, Maryland. When I got up the last day we were there, I walked out on the front porch, stoned the water. I listened to the birds, and it was 71 degrees. And the high that day was 81 degrees. And we came home to 99 in Houston. But, you know, I've been in Texas my whole life. I don't mind hot weather. I like to sweat. But I got to tell you, sure is nice, nice and peaceful there on the water.
1: John, you have been in very fast votes. I I believe it was Brett Favre where you just in the Pro Football Hall of Fame meeting, you mentioned his name and then everyone says yes. It's that quick. How fast would you think it was faster for the Hall of Fame selection for a a first ballot guy? Or, hey, uh, yesterday in the owners meeting, Josh Harris for ownership of the Washington Commanders.
3: Well, we like to think that. I think they had some things to say. They had to bring everybody up to date on Mary Jo Hart's uh, independent investigation that ended up costing him sixty-six million in fines. Also, he'd already been fined ten million. But when you're a multi-billionaire to begin with, and you just get a check for six point oh five billion, that's tip money—sixty-six million. So it's good riddance. You know, Josh Harris, he got one way to go, and that's down, because he's on top of the world. They trotted Magic Johnson out there. Harris grew up a Washington Redskins fan. He understands what it takes to try to get them back to where they were. But I read today on uh, Pro Football Talk with Mike Florio, because he's a lawyer, just like Clay Travis is a lawyer, and I like to see them break things down from a legal standpoint, because I'm a dumbass when it comes to legal stuff. And uh, they went over page by page of all the lies and cheating that Washington did. It is amazing to see all the rules they broke. They flaunted it. And that they didn't even talk about all the sexual misconduct and harassment.
2: Yeah, it's really... Quite the, the hit list uh, with Dan Snyder. When you look through uh, his history with that organization, I
3: got to tell you a story real quick. Okay. When, when the Browns got their team back and I think it was uh 90, 99, maybe somewhere in there, they had their new stadium. I went to the old stadium like a million times. And so we were in Canton for the hall of fame game and they had a party and the hall of fame had it at the stadium. And, um, so everybody wanted to see it. Everybody's walking around, gawking at it. I walked outside the club level onto a balcony. I was standing there by myself, and somebody behind me started asking me about the stadium. And I turned around. His dad, Snyder, and his dad, his wife, and I guess his daughter and his mother, and they thought I worked there. I'd been stationed out there to uh, to, to uh talk to anybody that had any questions, and I knew a little bit about it, so I answered their questions, and I guess Snyder, he just bought the team, and uh, it was so funny because I think his sister goes, you know, Dan, I don't think uh, he works for the for the Browns, and I said, "I no, don't, I'm uh, covering the NFL for the Houston Chronicle, you should have seen how fast they, I tell it. Back indoors, like I was stepped on a skunk.
2: <laughs> so you, were you pretending to actually work for the team as you were answering questions? I was answering
3: the questions. I didn't say I did. I didn't say I didn't because I was waiting to see uh, when they figured it out. But I was able to ask most of the, answer most of their questions.
2: The great John McLean is with us. John McLean is so good. He's covered the NFL. It's going to be his 47 training camp. And he can serve as a guest relations director for the uh, Cleveland Browns stadium opening back in 1999. That's his level of talent. Uh, Ravens today signed running back Melvin Gordon. There was no doubting this team and their rushing attack before this signing. What, what does this do to add to that, John?
3: I don't think it does Squad. They got three guys back from last year, but they had a lot of injuries last year. Maybe they're going to carry four veterans. I don't know. They like to run the ball. You know, Lamar Jackson's their best runner. But Todd Monkin's coming in there to open up that offense and bring it into the space age. But it sounds like John Harbaugh still wants to run the ball a lot. Melvin Gordon gets a contract up to one point three million, which means his base is probably a million with a chance to make another three hundred thousand in incentives.
1: He couldn't hang on to the football in Denver. That's his big issue. He was fumbling all over the place.
3: He was. And if he could fumbles in preseason or camp, then he's not going to make this team either.
1: Yep, that's right. John, are, are the commanders about to change their name again? Is, is that the idea?
3: Yeah, you know, they can't do it this year. You know, you got to get approval from the NFL. Those things are usually a two-year process. Magic Johnson, when he talked to the media, pointed out that could be possible. But, I, you know, commanders, when I think of commanders, I don't automatically think of Dan Snyder. He was anything but a commander. If it had been thieves, the Washington thieves, then I'd say change it because that's the first thing I think about Dan Snyder. But if they want to do it and have a new identity, you know what they're going to do. They're going to have those fan surveys, and they're going to say what the fans want to do, and they'll put their finger in the air and see what the media wants to do and go with what's popular. Now we know they can't go back to Redskins. I don't know what finish second to commanders, but uh, if, they, if they do change it, then people will sell a whole lot more memorabilia.
1: Saquon Barkley continues to say he's, he's really considering not playing. Um, meanwhile, Dalvin Cook is still looking for a landing spot. If we're just comparing the two situations, how much pressure will Cook feel to not take some low ball offer considering all of the clamor, uh, clamoring that's going on right now about running backs and their value in the market? Well, Cook's
3: got a little issue about domestic violence right now that came out, and it looks like it's really, really ugly. And that's something that uh, the league could suspend him for. I'm any team interested in him, I want to know what the league's thinking about doing, if anything. But uh, if you Google Dalvin Cook and domestic abuse, you'll see it. And that's what, what a free agent player wants on his resume. Now, Saquon Barkley can talk until the cows come home, and he doesn't lose a penny. He doesn't lose a penny unless he's not there for the first regular season game. When the big checks come, I don't see any way. He's a smart guy. Anybody, you don't even have to be smart. You could be Dan Snyder, and you can see what happens to running backs when they sit out of season. Just look at Le'Veon Bell, who admits he made a mistake. Yes. Everybody knew he was making a mistake, but him and his agent. Maybe his agent told him, don't do this, and he did it anyway. Saquon Barkley will be
1: there. And he can't get fined for not being there during camp, so – he's going to use that as leverage, but there's really no leverage. There's no
3: leverage. Yeah. You can't sign a contract till after the season. So what's the leverage,
1: John, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago with you, everything going on at Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald hazing different things behind the scenes as you've been there and and, and seen that I'm sure, or at least know of stories from across the league of uh, past eras. Can you give us a couple examples of the craziest things you've heard?
3: Um, probably not the craziest because okay. they're all pretty. Uh, I can tell you off the I can tell you, well, I'll tell you one involving getting on getting naked, getting on the goal line on all fours, and crawling to the other goal line. While you never mind, come on, John. That's what are are they such a to great hold?
2: teaser right there. What okay, are they holding? All right. What are they holding? Yeah,
3: then, uh. The, <laughs> A sausage where the sun don't shine,
2: <laughs>
3: and if you make it to the other goal line, you're good to go. If you don't, you got to chow down. Now that's what? pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I've heard things like the old Denver Broncos used to take players up in the mountains, strip them down, tell them make come back to training camp. That was in the '60s. They get they would go to a house and beg them to call the police so they could get a blanket and get driven back to training camp. Oh. Jeff Fisher cut out hazing with the Oilers, and I don't know what you call this. It, I never saw anything bad with the Oilers, but I'll tell you, two of their best were two of their Hall of Fame players, Mike Munchak and Bruce Matthews. They thought they were barbers during training camp, not any time the rest of the year. So if you're a rookie and you came in there, you had to sit in a chair, and they just, like a painter, rub their chin trying to figure out what they want to do with your hair. And they back then nobody shaved their heads. So they might shave it. I remember guys would come out with arrowheads, all kind of mohawks. Back when mohawks weren't a thing, and the media would be outside waiting to see these rookies. And one time there was a player from California. Can't remember his name. He had great hair. I would kill for hair like his. And he quit the team, so they didn't mess with his hair. Now if he'd have been a draft choice, been any good. You know, they would have put their foot down and said, Munch, Bruce, you're not butchering this guy's hair. But he was an undrafted free agent. He went back to California. I don't know what happened to him. I'd like to say his name was Pitt, Brad Pitt, oh. but it wasn't. So I don't know if the guy <laughs> made it big in anything. But that's how much he didn't want them messing with his hair.
1: John, is this more about the social media age that we're in? And the, the stories you're mentioning that you've seen over the, the decades That couldn't go on now.
3: Oh, my God. No, they get arrested. They get fired, arrested, put in jail, never work again. And I've read all these investigations out of Northwestern. I know people think it's terrible. But these guys, nobody ever came forward to this one whistleblower. Now a bunch of people are going to sue them. But why didn't they sue them then? Or why haven't they sued them before this whistleblower came out? You know, everybody, it's outrageous that you had to do naked pull-ups. But I didn't do that. It wouldn't last long. I could have done one. And then thing about lathering themselves up, coming out of the shower, the lineman, and having a gauntlet, and you'd have to you'd have to get real skinny to get through that gauntlet without those naked linemen. And the players never thought, they said didn't think it was. Anything ugly is just something you did. It was tradition. But now you can't do anything that I think Jeff Fisher was ahead of his time because he told him, you can make a rookie carry your shoulder pads, carry your helmet, but nothing else. I don't like that hazing. And uh, and at the time, I thought it was kind of I, – I didn't like it because it was such a fun thing about training camp. But uh, Jeff, Jeff was the first I know that said absolutely not.
2: John, I realize it's 2023 and not 1968 right now, but given those stories that you know and what's happened, do you think Pat Fitzgerald should have been fired for this?
3: I think under the current climate that you can't do anything that's going to upset people, and I I hope Fitzgerald gets another job. I never heard anything bad about that program, and I'll bet you somebody else hires him. He may sit out a year. He may go on TV. I mean, my God, Urban Meyer got another job. So um, uh, I think, yes, he should have been fired because the media is doing all these investigations, calling people, trying to get the worst stories they can get. And they don't have anything that uh, where anybody got beaten or beaten up or assaulted, although they did. Not do, even a name. But, uh, yeah. and But uh, I don't feel sorry for him. His, his attorney said he didn't know anything about it. He said he... Didn't know anything about it. But if you're the boss and you oversee the program, you better know what's going on and you better stop it. You better not look the other way and play
1: done. John, I look forward to our visit on uh, Tuesday of next week that uh, the majority of teams will will be in training camp by the 25th. And we will dive into all of the headlines there for sure.
3: By the way, you guys are going to love DeAndre Hopkins. He's a great guy. I hope he stays healthy plays the way he did here Houston fans don't want to hear that especially when I say it on the radio but he was always one of my favorite players and anything that's going to make this rivalry be what it should have been from the get-go but never has been I think will be terrific so congratulations to the Titans for getting DeHop
1: they uh they don't want to see that uh, Texans fans I'm saying they also don't want to see that happen while Hop wears the Oilers throwbacks Oh, I wrote that sure. the other
3: day. He's going to look great in that Columbia blue up in yeah. Nashville.
1: John, you're always great. Have a great weekend. You're the man, John McClain. We'll chat Thank next week. Thank you, guys.
3: Week. Appreciate it.
1: The great John McClain, great friend. great. Uh, the man has stories. Great guest as well, and plenty of stories. So many stories. He needs to write his book. Yes. He needs to get that going. Coming that up, seller. Is it unpatriotic to root against our country in competition? Chad and I have... Big thoughts. Strong thoughts. Next on Hot Mike. Strong. Coming up, we'll discuss running backs, leverage, and how it's a pipe dream, even though there's at least some former players, including at the quarterback position, trying to make the case that it's possible that the running backs could actually make more money than what they're currently doing under the, the structure of the franchise tag. Hot Mike Hutton-Withrow rolls on across the OutKick network. In about 40 minutes from now, uh, Jonathan Isaac, NBA forward with the Orlando Magic, will join us in studio. Plus, the gun show. Mike Gunzelman. Uh, he will discuss uh, all things pop culture with us in our number three. Guns will
2: just talk about anything. anything but,
1: but also anything. his New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. Aaron Judge and the, the push for Biotani to potentially take over that record in the AL, all of that and more. And uh, the, the Creed cruise, we're going to get his take there uh, on uh, Creed is back, apparently, Chad. Davey D- Hudson is thrilled about this. Yeah, Davey's going to go on the cruise, apparently, for research. He's trying to. Show research. He's trying to. He's cutting down on the number of dates he has to save money so that he can pay for the cruise up front.
2: I watched a documentary about the formation of TGI Fridays last night and um, immediately thought about Davey Hudson and thought, this is about the (laughs) cap level of where he takes a date is TGI Fridays.
1: It's the over-under. They did invent invent
2: the loaded potato skin. Uh, That that is a fact. They're the ones who invented it. Really? TGI Fridays was the hottest nightclub slash bar in New York City in 1965. That's how it got its start.
1: And Be- now it's a, bars, considered a Davey Hudson Bars night?
2: until the 1960s were always thought of like <laughs> seedy places for just men to go and drink. And it was not friendly to women. And there was just a very lonely guy, Davey Hudson type. No, the
1: guys didn't want the women there. He was a
2: perfume salesman, and he wanted a place to go to meet single girls. So he just started his own bar on the Upper East Side because there were all to of sell these... perfume. That was like the hot spot. They said oh, hundreds of thousands of women, stewardesses... Single professionals lived in the Upper East Side of New York, and they needed a, a bar that was inviting for singles. And he hatched TGI Fridays as that bar. And I mean it was like velvet rope to get in back in the day. And then eventually it became someone else came in and partnered with him quickly, and it became the chain restaurant TGI Fridays. Are they even still in business? I, oh, yeah. They're, they're Fridays. They're not big in East Tennessee at all. Yeah, they're, they're around. I, mean, I don't know that they're, you know, it's not the height of TGI
1: Fridays right now, but it's still, it's hopping. Well, you're thinking of the uh, the shows back in the day on TGIF that are no longer in business. No, that's not what I'm thinking uh, of. Uh, are we correct? Are we around the over-under for date night if you're trying to save money for a Creed Cruise? Which is, by the way, completely true. He is... You are trying to go on this cruise.
0: Yeah, so we've been looking at it. and I mean, it's four days, April 18th through the 22nd. I don't want even uh, ask you
1: about the we, but okay.
0: Leaving <laughs> from Miami and going to the Bahamas. I checked. I don't need a passport, which is good, because getting one of those post-COVID has been incredibly difficult. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, just trying to get a bunch of the crew together. My biggest hesitation. A bunch of the crew
1: together. So this can be a huge it's all, But is it a joke or is it you're all in on Creed? I can't tell with how I, you're talking I did a about radio
0: it. hit earlier, and I said...
1: I know, but is it true or not? I, I, I,
0: I They have four songs that if you turn it on, I'm singing at the top of my lungs. Okay. And it's like, if you start to badmouth those songs, I will confront you about saying... You'll quit your job and go things on about those things. Yeah. How
2: many single women do you think will be on the Creed cruise? That's probably going to be a very low number. I think every woman there is going to be attached, married to some guy well, who really loves Creed. That's the biggest problem. It's just
0: the cru- the crowd that this cruise <laughs> is probably going to attract.
1: See, I think that's that's the draw. If you're just, you know, wanting. It's almost, it's just people watching, right? Yeah. it's. Yeah. If you, I, I can't with wait for With some great them. music. You know? I can't wait for the reports back. Yeah, when Davy attends. Well, this we'll get Guns' take on this. We'll have Davey chime in as well. Uh, when is this? When are you going? It would be the a- April 18th through the 22nd of next year. Okay. Well,
2: circle your calendar, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Prepare, if you plan on going, prepare, on that prepare cruise. the wardrobe
1: now, Davey. Right. Creed Cruise. All the
2: affliction. Can we get a sponsor you can, to get you me down buy. there?
1: Let's let's work on that. Be tough. Airfare. Uh, also coming up with Guns, Chad. Think about. How I, already, I know people, Davey? I already can answered for you. you. We won't give it away yet, but the Creed Cruise for Davey is equal to what for us? Like, you would go, and I already gave your answer. I think you know what a I would BSB have been. yes. BSB yes. tour. Like so we'll, Backstreet Boys, they probably have had a cruise, too. Uh, well, By the way, probably the, missed out the, on it.
2: Uh, um, the ratio of female to male on the BSB tour is going to be far more in your favor than the Creed tour. Can't confirm. can confirm that would be the case for you, Davey. I would go on a Backstreet Boys cruise.
0: My t- my Twitter bio uh, says
1: Chad oh, no longer wants to go. Yeah, that's I mean, fine. go to my Twitter could, bio. It literally says the, the sixth member the of the
0: Backstreet Boys. You can hang
2: out with the girls when they're when they're the Backstreet Boys are tired of talking to them. <laughs> Just the girls that are left over. After the BSB's, you know, done with them, you can talk to them. That'd that, be great. All right, sounds
1: good. Sounds like a great time. Davy rejoins us later in the show, uh with uh, the Creed crew's uh details of everything they're Potentially offering that he's even considering going and being a part of. Chad, uh, if we went and were a part of anything live in person with, with uh, any, anything to do with the U.S. Women's National Team, they're going for the 3P. The concept, the idea that some are struggling with the fact that, number one, they don't know whether or not they should root for them oh to have gosh. success at the World Cup, and number two, it's even been, been ballied about that there are those that are like, "I wouldn't even stand for our anthem if if Who I'm there said in that? person." I that. has been that's the been story out- that
2: we're referencing. That's an outkick. No, it's, I not saw that, the, it's not. I saw that the one. headline and I could not even read it again. It's apologies it's to whoever wrote it because that question is so ludicrous. The the idea that you is are it rooting unpatriotic ag- against to, the United States to root States. against your own country. Of course it is. Yes. Of course it is. Why? Because you disagree with the politics of a few of the players and not even all of them? Look, I've talked about this with multiple people. If you, I, I disagree with 98% of what Megan Rapinoe says. If you want to go into this tournament rooting against Megan Rapinoe to be some hero and play great in it, but wanting the Americans to win, fine. I, I'm totally cool with that. But the fact that you were going to allow a political opinion of an American citizen, by the way, who has won multiple World Cups for this country, to cause you to not (laughs) root for America. And now Hutton is telling me there's actual idiots that are saying, you know, maybe I won't stand for the national anthem. This pissing match. they were there. Back and forth of... You are so un-American, and I disagree with you so much, I'm going to hit you back so hard that I'm going to be a worse yeah. American than you. I'm going to be less American than you are, and I will show you what is up. Give me this camera right here, right now. Let me tell everyone that does that. You are an idiot, Okay. We are Americans. We root for America to do well. If you want to prove Megan Rapinoe wrong and all of her idiotic takes wrong, root for this team and show her that, you know what, we got each other's back in this country. You might think you live in a third world country and it's bad here, but I know the rest of the world is worse because we're Americans and we are so good at being American that we will root for you and your teammates and you can deal with that. You can deal with Republicans rooting for you. You can deal with MAGA heads out there rooting for you. Everyone is rooting for you. Deal with it, Megan. And if you don't want them watching or rooting for you, great. That's how I'll show you how much of an American I am. I am here raising my hand right now saying, I, Chad Withrow, have done less for America than Megan Rapino because she's won World Cups for this country. I haven't done that. But I cheer like hell for America because I am a patriot, and I love this country, and you should be too.
1: How are we even discussing this? I can't imagine tuning into a World Cup match against Vietnam and rooting for Vietnam.
2: Vietnam is the opponent.
1: Vietnam. (laughs) Again, it's mind-boggling. Does anyone know history? Mind-boggling.
2: There are ancestors of the women they're playing that have killed Americans in war. And people are actually debating on whether or not to root for Vietnam? Yes. Read a freaking history book.
1: It's Go so dumb. online. Read Wikipedia something. Now, here's where I understand what people are say. please, saying. Please flip that. Maybe. If they were there, if they were uh, actually going to tune in, where has been? there is no buzz about the, the World Cup. It's in, it's in New Zealand. But but Still.
2: I think anything that happens so many time zones away automatically gets gets up. Uh, but you're just now starting to see the treatment. headlines of
1: how they're going for a historic threepeat, right? This isn't yeah. some oh I, I, I build I'm up. I'm with you. I had no idea it was happening tonight. Yeah, they play tonight at eight Eastern. But the build up normally is through the network, right? Like it, yeah, and it's just it's been a lot of silence and. It, now, if they're
2: playing, yeah, especially for, during a slow time, if they're playing for the World Cup, I think it'll have some ratings. Sure, if it's on at the right time. I mean, I'm saying the championship match, but I mean, I don't know what we're going to see until then. This is just I, I, I'm not I'm not going to play into this. I'm I'm going to be more American than you by rooting against America because you don't like America, and now I don't like you. I don't like Megan Rapinoe. I, Megan Rapinoe, as an American citizen, has every right to protest. Do and say whatever she wants. I am for freedom of speech and First Amendment for everyone. Uh, there's a great op-ed that was sent to us about you know, embracing unpopular opinions, right? I'm, I'm for that on, on all sides. And I think it's important to protect that. So I protect her right to say what she wants. I also protect my right to think she's an idiot about half the things she says. And I disagree with most of what she says. But I'm not going to show that disagreement by rooting for Vietnam to beat America in a soccer match. If America as a country and their best of the best in that sport are playing in something, I am rooting for America without any deliberation, without any thought. I am rooting for the Americans
1: period and then you know on the far end of this is uh, we it, aside from not rooting, we just can't stand with them and stand for you know who, what they stand for by standing for the anthem. I'm thinking, haven't why is this so difficult uh, where we just went through everything with the NFL, with why you stand for the anthem, and how it's not about making it a political dynamic. It's the one time you put politics aside. Yeah. And, and, and now the same, I feel like there, there is a pocket of the same people that were I on have, that side of it that are now saying this because it's the United States Women's National I League. try
2: to stay offline on some of this so stuff. So stupid. But I have not heard of anyone. You're
1: going to have to explain it's this to me more. It's, it's been retweets and social Of this
2: that there's not a single person that paid to go to this match in New Zealand uh, to watch the U.S. women's
1: national team that would
2: ever consider sitting for the national anthem Uh, in the state. It's all hypothetical. I don't even know what they mean. It's all
1: hypothetical. But but to have that as the discussion instead of just, you know, winning on behalf of the country is dumb. I I just think if you really want to win hearts and minds, this is not the answer.
2: Like if you disagree with someone, it's not the answer to say I'm so much better as an American than you that I'm now going to sit for the national anthem and I'm not going to support you. If you want to win hearts and minds, you look everyone in the eye and say, I disagree with you. Here's why you're wrong. Here's why you should really support women's athletics and say what everyone knows that men should not compete in women's sports and take away title IX opportunities instead of being on the wrong side of. Everybody wants to talk about the wrong side of history. Megan Rapinoe is on the wrong side of history on that issue. I'd like to talk to her about that. I'd like to interview her about that but and you know talk what? to her about that. But one thing I'm never going to do is tell her, hey, I hate your opinion so much that when you suit up for my country and wear an American flag, I'm rooting like hell for Vietnam to beat you. Right. Think about how dumb the, that statement is, I just yes. said. Uh, I mean, seriously, to
1: think about how dumb that is. No matter how much you disagree with her, to think it about doesn't change the fact that she's an American just like you or I, right? And so, she has that platform to speak stupid but so do we so does everyone and it, the, it's again it's more about who's wrong and what makes them worse than what makes something else better or trying to be better and the bickering back and forth there will be more coverage about what comes out of that locker room and those and those women than the actual reason why they're there on behalf of the country. Do I wish... That that, will be the headline instead of the 3 P? Yeah, and do I wish
2: that they wouldn't say awful things about America the whole time they're abroad in a tournament like this and asked about it? Or their sport,
1: yeah. Yeah, I wish
2: wish they would do that. But guess what? That's what's great about our country. They don't have to worry about coming home and getting thrown into an internment camp because they said something bad about our country. They're allowed to do that because they're Americans, and I support that free speech.
1: Headlines uh, when we return, including... One former NFL quarterback trying to make the case for why running backs actually stand a chance in their quarrel over pay.